2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's Miles Garrett. We saw him earlier this year doing some stuff solo. There he is. Oh, my hitting God. Hitting a guy in the head with the ball. And Garrett posted that on social media. I was just there for the cardio, he said. And Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the Browns, told me earlier this year he's got no problem with his guys going out playing basketball on their own to stay in shape. Now, it's OTA season. Maybe you would say if that's a recent video, if you want your cardio, you come to the facility. I don't know if he is or isn't among the Browns players who are there. But uh, I, I admire the guy who decided to play aggressive defense on miles Wait, Garrett. oh
3: no, i agree like really first off there's some amazing things about that can we show that video again first off unbelievable moves and ball handling and then like no space to really gather and jump and dunk like but yeah the guy gardenham's like a pretty big guy decent athlete and actually went up there pretty good i love it i love the friend and the guy who got dunked on even looked up and smiled like damn
2: that was awesome <laughs> that's amazing uh, he took the woo. he took the ball right in the head. Right in the head, like getting hit in the head with a helmet. Oh wait, that's happened too. But so, uh, I, but I, that's I, one I, of
3: those where you go home or you go to the bar later, and you're like, you're not embarrassed. You're like telling people, you're like, hey, you're like, Miles Garrett dunked on me today, guys. Like, and I was playing good defense. Like, I was in a good spot. He still dunked on
2: me. Amazing. You survived! Hell! <laughs> yeah, yes! Right. He lived! He lived to tell about it, but I, I admire that because I'll tell you what, most people would just say, hey, Ma, go ahead. Miles has the ball. Yeah. Go ahead, clear, Miles. Clear the path. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: Miles Garrett, to your points that you've made a million times, I do think fits in the category of if he got hurt playing basketball, he's still going to get paid. He's a superstar and arguably the best pass rusher in football, so that's not going to be the Jawan James situation. And he knows that. But,
2: but just remember, it was a couple of years ago when we saw the video of Patrick Mahomes playing yeah. basketball in a similar yeah. setting like that. And the Chiefs quickly mobilized. Patrick, no, no. Sorry. None of this. None of this. And you are taking the risk. Now, it's, it's one thing for Patrick Mahomes. It's another thing for Miles Garrett. You're taking the risk some smartass is going to try to mess with you. Definitely. And you're going to get injured that way. Definitely. I don't think there's a smart ass big enough to try to do that with Miles Garrett. I think Miles is safe. He doesn't have to worry about somebody taking him out below the waist and uh, uh, trying to take his knees out. And uh, I think Miles Garrett would throw someone through a wall if he came down there. All right, <laughs> Tua Tonga Loa, the Dolphins' quarterback last year, who was benched a couple of times. Here he is from yesterday, talking about whether and to what extent he properly was aware of the team's playbook. As a rookie, here he is.
1: In what ways would you say your rookie season was not up to your standard? I know you've expressed that sentiment in the past. Yeah, I, I'd say in every aspect. Um, you know, getting to the line of scrimmage, kind of getting that order of operation down, um, my cadence, and then pre-snap reads, you know, and then my post-snap reads, just just the whole uh, shebang with that. Um, you know, I, I felt, you know, I wasn't comfortable with uh, during my my rookie year, um, you know, so just working on a lot of those things uh, in year two to, you know, be better. I think last year for for me, last year wasn't, you know, uh, I, I, I wasn't as comfortable just in general. I wasn't comfortable calling plays. I think the guys that we had last year were, were phenomenal. I, I just didn't have... You know, the comfortability of kind of checking plays, alerting plays and, and doing that. I, I just rode with the play, even if I knew it in a way that it, it wasn't going to work. I was going to try to make it work. So um, but the the firepower that we have this year, I mean, it, it's good, but you, you got to get it out to them, too. You know they you're able to protect yourself and then get it out to them, you know, have them make plays, then then you'll be good. So so you're saying that there were instances last year where you were executing plays you didn't feel comfortable with and you didn't feel comfortable checking into other plays, checking out of those plays into other plays? Actually, what what I'm saying is I didn't actually know the like the playbook necessarily really, really good. And that's on no one else's fault, you know, but my fault. And they they Our our play calls were simple when when I was in, you know, I didn't have alerts and checks, um, whereas now, you know, feeling more comfortable, you know, I can kind of maneuver my way, you know, through through these things now.
2: Look, I'm not surprised by this. I appreciate the candor. I appreciate the follow up. So we have clarity. So he doesn't say later that it was taken out of context or that's not what he meant. He locked in. He's on that story and he's admitting it. And I don't think that's uncommon. That, that's my big takeaway is I listen to it. I think we kind of expect it. And it's the rare rookie who can come in and immediately pick it up, immediately get it, immediately have access to all the checks. That's that's why the older quarterbacks are so valuable. They've seen it all. They've done it all. They can process it. This is his his first experience. And for some guys, it is going to be a little overwhelming. Yeah,
3: definitely. And let's not forget, he was also going through the challenges of, like, the the hip injury, right, and all those. So that's not leading you to be comfortable either. Like, man, man. M- much, much respect for Tuba saying that right there. I got a lot of respect for him for him putting himself out there. That's why he is a charismatic leader and, like, guys follow him and things like that. Yeah, you would expect that from a rookie. But what you don't expect is for a rookie, to, or, a rookie or a guy going into the second year to admit some of those things. I know from some people – That Tua has told people like that and privately, like, you know, the NFL surprised him a little bit that way. He wasn't prepared for maybe the, you know, all the offense and things like that. But to me, where it's really cool, when you're trying to be the starting quarterback, the face of the franchise, the leader of the team, all of those type of things. Listen, the players on that team are going to hear that right there. They know the truth. They know the offense might have been less checks with Tua, or he might have not been as comfortable or known the offense quite to the way he should as a starting quarterback. But the fact that he answers it like that, instead of getting some political BS-type answer, where now the teammates are watching the news that night going, oh, he's lying, that's bullcrap, he didn't know the plays, or he's making up excuses and all that. Now they're going to come in and be like, man, our quarterback's real. Like, he throws himself under the bus when he's not, like, uh, you know, up to his standard and things like that. And that, to me, is where you gain a lot of respect from the players and the coaches because the coaches, too, of course, know the truth. And they're going to see that and be like, look at this guy. He took all the blame. He took all the heat. He's, he's putting a, a flash, a, a big spotlight on I need to be better. And that's why he's Tua and everybody seems to love him that's around him.
2: Doesn't this help explain why he was yanked from a couple of Definitely. games? If he really didn't have full access to the playbook. I mean, we're getting down to crunch time here. We have got a chance to win this game. Right. We can't screw around with remedial offense. Exactly. We got to put in the guy who knows the offense inside now. A hundred percent, Mike. Uh, n- no question about
3: it. Yeah, like yeah, the remedial offense, or like, hey, it's crunch time, and we need a guy that okay, it's third and seven, and all of a sudden they're bringing some crazy blitz, he's going to get to that right check that Tua said he wasn't comfortable with. So now, wait, we got the, the four-week blitz, the will-free safety's blocked up, and now everything's good, and I can throw the ball and make a, the right throw into that coverage and blitz and all those type of things. Exactly right. So they were handicapped or handcuffed that way, and that's a, certainly a, a big part of the reason I would think that, yes, he was out of those games in those situations.
2: And what he said yesterday would help explain why he wasn't upset with that. I think he understood. Yes. Yeah. I'm probably not the best guy to be in here in these moments with the game on the line, given the fact that I'm still getting comfortable with this NFL offense. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. Look, I we love Tua. Just because yes. we point out that maybe the Dolphins will get to Sean Watson if they can. Maybe they thought about taking a quarterback this year all these other issues. I I mean, we saw it when, when Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert were as good as they were last year, it becomes glaring that the guy who was tied to the tank for phrase in 2019 wasn't the best of the bunch. Yeah. And, and, and he he was by far number three and everyone knows it. So he knows it too. And he knows what he needs to do to get better. And I agree with you, Chris, he he's going to be in, in good shape. Uh, and he's going to have friends and supporters in the locker room, and he does. Let's hear from Mike Gusecki, Dolphins tight end, who spoke with reporters yesterday and defended his quarterback.
4: Yeah, I think if you look at, you know, his his past, you know, career, you know, dating all the way back to college, I think, you know, he's been put in, you know, big positions and, uh, you know, made plays. He's dealt with, you know, adversity, um, whether it's, you know, injury or whatever it may be, um, fought back from that, and, uh, you know, he's, He's also dealt with, you know, people saying, you know, stupid, uneducated stuff about him that, you know, they're not right about. So, so he's dealing with that and, he's you know, continuing to work and continuing to, you know, come in here each and every day. And, you know, I'm happy that, you know, he's our quarterback. The problem with the with the criticism is it's, it's not, you know, there's nothing behind it. You know, I mean, the kid came in here and, you know, people were already, you know, calling for him. I mean, played nine games and he played, you know did a lot of really good things for us, you know, stepped up in some big situations, you know, made plays and I think got better each and every week. And now, you know, everybody's, you know, been, you know, talking about his confidence and, you know, how he looks, you know, this year, obviously in a couple, you know, walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff, but still, you know, looks good and, you know, been working hard and, you know, investing a lot of time into this season. And so I'm excited for, you know, his, his future. You know, I think he's just going to continue to, you know, focus on what's important and you know the opinions that are important, um, because at the end of the day, you know, that's really all that matters. Uh, is you know the people inside this building and you know um, the guys upstairs and the guys in the locker room. And uh, I can tell you that you know firsthand the guys in the locker room. You know, we all believe in him, we all respect them, and uh, we're all excited about them.
2: I think one of the reasons Gasicki says that is because of the candor that we saw earlier in the segment from Tua right because he acknowledges that there were issues last year and he's doing what he has to do to improve and become the best quarterback he can be and it wins over your teammates and it makes them into your friends when you are honest about your shortcomings and not obsessed with trying to conceal them
3: that's right well now he feels comfortable too that if something happens on a play like the quarterback's got his back whether Kaseki messes up or maybe he didn't mess up and Tua said the wrong thing in the huddle and now the coaches yell at a Gasecki because they think you're wrong, like, you know, he probably feels like, well, Tua's the kind of guy that's going to be like, no, 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 coach, that was me. That's You can get great respect that way. You know, I know that happened to me just luckily a few times in my career. I can remember sitting in a meeting one day, and I said the wrong thing on a Friday practice, and Mike Allstott ran the wrong route. And, you know, when nothing was really said at the time. You know, Gruden made a face or whatever during practice, but then the next morning we're watching that film – And he kind of gets on Mike Allstop, like, what the hell? What are you doing? And I, you know, raised my hand. I was like, oh, no, 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 that was my fault. I messed that up. And, like, the team erupted that I did that. They erupted. They were, like, banging on the table and, like, yeah, like, and that's just a, you know, I'm just showing a little light of what that can be in a locker room that's really good there. And that's where I am excited for Tua, his leadership skills. And he did do some good things last year. There's no doubt about it. The problem with Tua is – there were rumors of the lack of buzz of being impressed, right, by, by people down there. We knew that. That was, I think, a real thing. And then the fact that the Dolphins actually played Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, and they got to, like, study them and see them, and they went, wait, our guy's not doing that. So that added to maybe the pressure on the Tua situation as well.
2: By the way, I had to smile when you say Gruden made a face. He has one face. (laughs) Yeah, right. he makes. It's the face (laughs) that he carries around all the time. I think it's his resting face. Anyway, uh, let's take a break. Hmm. The top 40 Chris Sims quarterback countdown continues with two guys from the same team. We'll look at that next here on PFT Live. All right, the countdown continues, and look at that, 33 and 32, same logo, not a typo. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, now teammates, competing to be the starting quarterback unless and less than until the Broncos trade for Aaron Rodgers. Assuming that doesn't happen, does the fact, Chris, that you have Teddy one spot ahead of Drew, is that your indication that Teddy should be the starter? Uh, I, I favor
3: him more right now. You know, my list is done as right now, right? This is the top 40 quarterbacks as I see it, going into the 2021 season, Everybody's on the same team, and this is really my depth chart at the position. That's basically what it is. I got a 40-man depth chart, and yeah, as I sit here right now, I trust Teddy Bridgewater more than I do Drew Locke. Drew Locke has more potential and big-time talent. There's no doubt about that, and there's a lot to like about Drew Locke. We've talked about it a lot, Mike. I mean, big arm, pretty good athlete, We've seen some moments that I think you and I on Sunday have watched and went, wow, that's those were some damn good throws and plays and all of that. But he's got a little bit of that Brett Favre gunslinger. I can fit it in there no matter what, no matter how small the hole is, I'm gonna be aggressive and do those type of things. That he's gotta knock out of his game. And that's where Teddy Bridgewater has a great advantage over Drew Locke. You know, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Mike is the old phrase of, yeah, he's not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you any either. Drew Locke, he can lose you some games right now, but he's got the potential to be a guy that can do some extraordinary things and win some football games too. So hopefully all this, hey, met with Peyton Manning in the offseason. He's I'm sure watched himself on film a lot and realizes he's just got to change his approach and style a little bit. If he wants to survive in the league and be a starter and be a star one day in the league.
2: Yeah. And look, he's only got two years in the NFL injuries have been an issue and this is a situation where the light can come on, but if it's going to come on, it's got to come on soon. This is his chance. They brought in the guy to compete with him. The Aaron Rodgers rumors are continuing to loom and they'll, If, if there's no trade and there likely won't be, it's still going to be something that's on the table for next year. If Locke wants this job, if he wants to stay with the Broncos, if he wants to become the guy there, this is the time that he's got to step it yeah. up. And he's got to use that presence of Teddy Bridgewater as the impetus to reach that higher level. You had Drew Locke at 25 last year, Teddy at 29. So they're both down. Yeah. And maybe that competition will cause one of them to emerge i think it's good for the broncos to have two guys who are so closely matched yes because you 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 assume you hope you pray that one of them is going to access a higher level of performance because of that competition definitely definitely like so closely matched and have
3: opposite playing styles that i think maybe could wear off on either guy a little bit like teddy bridgewater i'd go he needs to look at drew lock and go i could can i take some of that over aggressiveness you have and give it to me to where I could, you know, push the ball down the field and take a few more chances, that's one of the negative things about him at times. You know, but it is Vic Fangio, a defensive coach. They do have a good defense there. Bradley Chubb is, you know, and and Von Miller should be back in the fold as that duo this year. Everything looks good from that standpoint, but they have insurance for kind of either way of how this goes. And yeah, I give Bridgewater the advantage right now because of, yes, taking care of the football, more experience, not losing games, but Drew Locke is one of those guys on this list that could make a considerable jump. And I would also say, if Drew Locke can show during training camp and preseason that he's really, he's got the offense and all of those things... He is the guy that can maximize, I think, their talent on their offensive side of the ball the most. But it's an if. It's a big if. We got to see. You know, there's no excuse for either one of these quarterbacks, whoever starts in Denver, because as we've mentioned a lot over the last 14, 15 months, Denver's stacked on offense. They're stacked. And it's year two with Pat Shermer. The O line's good. The tight end's good. And the wide receiving core is as good as any in football. So they got to get better results of the quarterback to help their team out.
2: Put that graphic back up, please, Kristen. The odds provided by PointsBet Sportsbook for the quarterback to take the first snap. Yeah, the exact same odds, plus one forty for Lock and Bridgewater. Then there's Brett Ripon at plus two thousand. In between, other yeah, plus two twenty. Plus two twenty right. is not that much far from farther from plus one forty. Other is Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Isn't other Aaron Rodgers? Or Deshaun
3: Watson, maybe, I guess. But, yeah, one of those two, right. Other is Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. And, yeah, Yeah. I think there's still a lot of people in the NFL that think Denver has their their eye on that situation. So, there's no doubt about it. So, we'll see. They got a good team. They need the quarterbacks to show up.
2: Other can be anyone. Other can be Chris Sims. <laughs> yeah, well, those odds other, would be other, a whole lot other lower. Other can be Brock Osweiler, but, <laughs> but you're still in other. I'm in other. Other is anyone. Yes, billions of people are. I always say, take the field. Other has the field of the entire world. <laughs> yeah. Other than Lock, Bridgewater, and Ripon. All right, Jared Goff down from 24, which some viewed as a diss, a slight, an insult last year. He's down to 31 and those folks who thought it was an insult to be at 24 press Yeah. 31. Hey, right now, 31 for Jared Goff is probably the right spot. Chris, I look, I, I, I still love the fact that the Rams felt compelled to tuck Goff into the Matthew Stafford trade. So maybe the boss won't realize that we're giving up a first round pick to get this horrible contract off the books. They never, we've been down this road. Yeah. They never should have done it. The guy has, I don't know that regressed is the right word because I, I, I I don't think it was him in 2018 when they were a Super Bowl team. It was Todd Gurley. It was Brandon Cooks. It was Robert Woods. It was Cooper Cup. Jared Goff was just the guy who pulled it all together. Um, Is he going to be able to have any remote Degree of success, do you believe, with the Lions this year without the quality of weapons around him that he's enjoyed in L.A.? You're right. I mean, no Sean McVay.
3: So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of questions there, I think. And I think that Jared Goff is, yeah, hanging on to being a starting quarterback by a thread. You know, there's things to like about his game. I know that he is tough. I'm going to give him that. He's played in a lot of big football games, so he's got the moxie of not being, you know, intimidated by any of that either. But there's issues with his game, you know, they're all around. You know, and I'm a guy that, like, listen, I I give experience, like, you know, a real thought, and it helps in my rankings, and I understand he has some experience, but for a guy that's played in the NFL for five years, he doesn't show that type of experience when you watch him on film or do things like that. There is a, you know, a, a, a lack of awareness of situational football at times and what to do, you know. He can have moments of being a poor thrower. He throws a very uncatchable ball, just like we showed on some of those highlights there. It's a knuckle that doesn't spin hard, and it wobbles. Those are hard to catch. He's not the greatest within the pocket. He's not good at all within the pocket, actually, with moving in there. And then, of course, extending plays or scrambling is not one of his things either. He does have a strong arm. You know, he does know how to be a leader to a certain extent, but not going to have a great presence there. So that's where I'm on the fence with with a guy like Jared Goff. I have some guys, yeah, that, of course, haven't played a down in the NFL yet that are going to be in front of him. But that's where I look at it and go, hey, talent not great for Jared Goff. And the fact that he has the experience and stuff, it doesn't really show all that much. Hey, he's running the third and one bootleg out to the right. You know, and he throws a ball 15 yards down the field into double coverage, and you go, what, you could have just ran for four yards and got the first down, and we keep going. Why did you do that? There's too much stuff like that constantly. Or it's a defensive struggle, the game, and all of a sudden he throws a ball into double coverage against the Jets or makes an errant throw to go, like, wait, this is not the right time to make that throw or do those type of things. And that's where he's a little
2: confusing to me as an evaluator. The other options on the roster, because you said that Jared Goff is hanging on to a starting job by a thread. The problem is yeah. Tim Boyle and David B-L-O-U-G-H. It's either Blau or Blow or Bluch. It's Blau. I think yes. Blau, it, I Well, of the three options, Blau, that's right, it's the Blau King. Though I forgot about the Blau King, David Blau. How could I forget? But again, between Blau, Blow, and Bluch. He's a Blau, uh, Blau king, the you're best.
3: the hard. so yes, yes, there uh, you go. <laughs>
2: Senor Blau no es macho, solamente un borracho. But, but uh, nevertheless, who's who are they going to bench him for? No, you're He's right. He's safe. Right. They didn't draft anybody. Unless they bring someone in via trade or free agency, there's no way Goff's in trouble this year. No, I don't think so either. No, we heard the rumors
3: that there might have been some interest in – you know, the quarterback with that top ten pick and all that. I think he was very relieved. He said that after the draft, that it you know, it felt good and it, it showed the team had confidence in him and those type of things. And I understand them going with Jared Goff. They're in a rebuild here, the Detroit Lions. So they're they're they they, you know. Paying the guy a little bit and doing that. He has won some football games. They're going to get their team in order before, you know, maybe they address the quarterback situation. Or they just want to see what he has. You know, I think Brad Holmes might have some belief in the guy that maybe he can turn things around and all that type of stuff. So that's where you can go. He's been there. He's done that. He's won some football games. Uh, but the, the, the And he's tough. But the bottom line is the Rams were trying to bench him and not play him for John Wolford. We can't forget yes. that aspect.
2: They thought that's well, almost for, as bad as being benched for David
3: Blau. Well, that's what I mean. So that tells you a little bit, too. And you asked, I talked about, like, I don't know if he's regressed. I would argue, yes, in ways, yes, I think he has regressed from two or three years ago. So uh, this is a big year for Jared Goff if he wants to continue to be a starting quarterback.
2: Pete says, whenever Sim shuts up, go to break because we're heavy. <laughs> I shut up. So let's go to break. He shuts up. <laughs> we we, we, uh, we are drafting the all-time great special teamers in honor in honor of Adam Vinatieri. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000.
3: All right. This, this Sunday, Sunday. Oh, it's you. Chris hey, hey, get promo. off my read. No, okay, I, I just, man. This Sunday, enjoy I the greatest just, spectacle in racing. 33 of the world's best drivers battle head-to-head for a chance to kiss the bricks and get a free bottle of milk, too. That's, that's course. Sunday, 11 a.m. on NBC. That's right. That's how you do a read right there, Florio. That's how it's done. All right. What would you? Uh, milk at the end, like what kind of milk are you? I doing? don't.
2: I don't drink milk. I don't drink milk. Right. I, I eat cheese. You eat That's cheese. That's why I get my dairy. Okay. I eat cheese. All right, but if you milk. had a, I mean, if you won the
3: Indianapolis 500, you have to drink w- milk.
2: First of all, I wouldn't win the Indianapolis 500. So would
3: you I just don't have shut drink up drink and milk. play along with me? Would you drink skim, two percent, or whole fat? That's what I want to you, know.
2: You can kiss two percent of my ass. <laughs> uh, I would drink chocolate
3: milk. You would drink. That would be cool. Okay, I could. I would be down with that. And then, I mean, would you kiss the bricks? You know, I mean, you know. You can
2: kiss 2% of my
3: ass. (laughs) The kissing the bricks thing. (laughs) A lot of germs on the floor there. But I mean, I guess if you win the Indianapolis 500, you got to do it
2: if you dropped your hamburger on the bricks oh (laughs) would you
3: eat the hamburger well i mean if you're gonna kiss the bricks you might as well eat the damn hamburger too so yes i
2: probably would in this scenario (laughs) would you lay on the bricks and be vaccinated that's really the question (laughs) all right a (laughs) trivia question best special jobs of all time adam vinitieri's great great grandfather served under this ill-fated general what is the general's name ill-fated general great great grandfather Gosh. Ill-fated. That I know it did not end well
3: right. for this general. Um, gosh, I have no idea. I feel like I have names coming. This as-
2: general had no patches on his uniform either. No? All right, just no. tell me who it is. Who the hell is it? I assume it's Custer. Is, is it Custer? Custer?
3: Okay. Yeah. General, general Custer. Custer. See, I, right. I, I, I had names going in my head, but I was like, I actually was a little scared. That sounds too stupid there, so I wasn't sure. Well, you did a good job, thanks. Uh, oh, <laughs> well,
2: there he is! Uh, awesome hair. He's got the Trevor Lawrence hair with a little curl in it. That's what Lawrence would look like if he, uh, you know, if he if he put curlers in his hair before he went to bed at night. That's what he'd look like the next morning. All right, wow. uh, let's take a break. Not take a break. Let's get the first pick. What the hell is or wrong take with a, you? Or take, take a break. You're it's, going I like that. What the hell are you doing I'm, here? It's <laughs> it, you know we got nine minutes left in the show. And we got a lot, lot to do and not a lot of time to do it in. Uh, I'll go with ah uh, best special teamer of all time I'll go with Devin Hester b- best return man of all time um a, a weapon from from really anywhere on the field I feel bad that he never really developed as a receiver the way that he could have you, you got to find a way to just get the ball in the guy's hands and let him go right But I, I think Devin Hester for, for for what he did in the return game and he will be in the Hall of Fame should be in the Hall of Fame I don't have a vote but I'd like to think the people who do recognize he should get into the Hall of Fame. So I'll go Devin Hester.
3: Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I, that probably would have – it was in the running for my first pick for sure. Honestly, good note about Devin Hester too. Check out his little boy on Instagram playing football. It's kind of funny. He's like this little small kid with a giant head. It's like a big bobblehead, and he makes everybody miss and breaks their ankles. It's kind of funny. But Devin Hester, yes, I'm with you there. All right, well, I mean, geez, I'll go Adam Vinatieri. I mean I mean, yeah. One of the greatest special teams players of all time in clutch moments. I think that's all I can really say. I mean, he helps the greatest franchise we've seen in football over the last 20 years. He helped them win a lot of Super Bowls. Helped the Colts, too. So, he's just – I mean, I know this is the Adam Vinatieri Memorial Draft, but as far as clutch kickers are concerned or kickers you trust to come through in the clutch – Adam Vinatieri, I think, is at the top of the list in the all-time category as far as that's concerned. So I will take him.
2: And that really is one of the all-time great moments in league history. That all the of forced overtime after the Tuck rule allowed the Patriots to continue to pursue the overtime, and obviously they won it in overtime. I'll go uh, Ray Guy next because Ray Guy was like the punter's punter. Ray Guy was the guy who just bombed it everywhere. And I remember when they did the Pro Bowl. When they first built the Superdome and the scoreboard hung over the field, oh right. He hit he hit the thing. He hit it I think multiple times in the Pro Bowl. So the guy just had a cannon and he finally got into the to the Hall of Fame which was long overdue but well deserved. But, but Ray Guy was, you know, th- there were few punter or kicker names that kind of struck fear in your heart in the 70s. Ray Guy did. Ray Guy you're right. You
3: know, I mean, I know Ray Guy just, you know, from my younger years. It's one of those guys, like one of those punters where it just looked different and it sounded different when the ball went off his foot. It's a lot like actually a guy who I've thought about taking here. I don't know if I'm going to get it to, but like Shane Leckler, remember that punter for the the Raiders too? It's a weapon. It was like, oh, they got the ball at midfield. Well, they're going to punt it and you're getting it inside the five. There's like a magnet with the ball in the inside the five-yard line with the way they did it, so – Good one by you. Uh, I, I like that a lot. All right. So I'm stuck here, and I'm not sure which one I wanted to go with here. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with a guy from my childhood, The really the first special teamer that I saw, like, be a real thing. And that's Bill Bates of the Dallas Cowboys. Like when when I was growing up in the eighties and my dad had to play the Dallas Cowboys, it seemed like every time the Cowboys punted, Bill Bates was the one down there making the tackle, whether it was, you know, Dave Meggett or whoever he was making the tackle. So he's the first guy I knew of that. And of course, he is one of the greatest of all time. Played on all special teams, and was just like a heat-seeking missile as far as a tackler on kickoff, punt, whatever it may be. But he was really the first guy I knew in, in that manner.
2: I guess I'll see your Bill Bates and Reggie as Steve Tasker if you're going to leave him on the board. Yeah, we, we've got we've got to put him on there. No doubt. I really thought about Reggie Roby though, because Roby showed up early to mid '80s. And he had this release, and it was like the ball exploded off of his foot when he would – he held it differently than other punters did. But that when that ball hit, it just – it was like it was shot out of a, yeah. of a rifle right. going the other way. But I'll go Steve Tasker is my uh,
3: – I'm with you there. I would have taken him next uh, if you didn't. Tasker is, yeah, again, watching him with the Buffalo Bills, it just seemed like, you know, the ball – and the time the returner was going to catch the ball, we're always going to meet with Steve Tasker being there simultaneously. I mean, it just seems like it, it worked that way. Um, okay, my last one, I'm going to go with Josh Cribs, the old Cleveland Browns football wow. player. Yeah. Wow. Because Cribs, to me, is unique in this aspect. He was a great returner, but unlike a lot of other great returners, he was also a great go-down-the-field-and-make-the-tackle type of guy. That's that's rare. Usually like the go down the field to make the tackle kind of guy. That's just what he does. And then he blocks for the returners. And that this guy was a great returner, yet one of the best, you know, pursuers of the football they had on special teams. I think that's really rare. I'm going to give Josh Cribs uh, some love there.
2: You know, that's how Cordero Patterson kind exactly. of found the second list. act for his right. career. You right. know, he he's obviously a great returner. But he, he became, in his fourth year with the Vikings, a gunner. I don't That's think he awesome. does that anymore, but uh, was very good at it. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We will wrap up this Thursday, or as Chris would say, Friday edition yeah. of PFT Live right after.
3: Blair Walsh was a great, great special Schumer. teamer.
2: Gary Anderson, too. Yes, they were. You know, after the Chiefs got their first Super Bowl ring, you heard guys like Chris Jones saying he wants six or seven, and... And now Stephon Diggs, who has zero, says he wants five, Chris. And we are huge Stephon Diggs fans. And I'm not doubting his ability to get one. But my advice would be, start with one. Don't don't get to two, three, four, or five. Start with one before you start trying to rack up Super Bowl rings. No, They're too no. hard to get. Tom Brady's made it look far easier than it is.
3: Well, and Brady's always thing was the next one, right? It was never like, I'm going to like get this many more it's just I want the next one that's what he does and that's the approach you got you know listen yeah uh you'd like to it's not easy to win one let alone five I agree with that. I don't know why you say that either way but I think he also trying to just show he really wants greatness he expects greatness and that's why I think guys make those type of comments sometimes publicly just to kind of show that aspect of themselves
2: yeah, and, and I got no problem with it, but it is so much harder than one guy who has seven and is yeah. working on eight has made it look over the years. That's it. Chris, enjoy your four-day weekend. Everyone else we will see you Get back to here work, tomorrow morning. Mike. See
3: ya.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So...